0: I'm so thankful that we serve a God who loved us so much to send His only Son. And not only did He love us that much, but He extended that offer to whosoever will, to anyone who would believe in His name, that we would not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, we continue in Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 39 through 52. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, and that's speaking of everything having to do with Jesus' birth, going to the temple, following all the rules, all the regulations, all the rituals, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Joseph lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company... They went on a day's journey and sought him among the relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they said to him, they were amazed. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for this glimpse of insight in your word into the life of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we see their family to reflect on your work in our families. Help us to learn to grow closer to one another, to be more Christ like to one another, and to grow closer to you. And God, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible was written a long time ago, it really was. Uh, the most recent portions of it were written almost 2,000 years ago. And not only are we separated from, um, from the Bible in terms of uh, at least two millennia, but also it's a different language, a different culture, a different part of the world. There's so many things that, that make the things in the Bible so distant And so it's hard for us to understand concepts in the Bible sometimes because of how different things are. For example, it's probably going to come as a shock to you that 2,000 years ago, big family holiday events sometimes didn't go well. Sometimes they caused stress. Sometimes people got upset. Sometimes things did not go according to plan. And plan, Mary and Joseph did. They did everything. I don't know if you noticed in the scripture passage that we read, but there was more than one reference to the fact that they did everything according to the law. They did everything according to custom. I mean, they dotted their I's, crossed their T's. They did it by the book, so to speak. You know, they planned and planned and planned. And so when Jesus was born, they did everything. I mean, even before he was born. You know they were doing everything the right way. The Bible says Mary and Joseph they did not know each other. That means they were doing the right thing. Then when Joseph uh, finds out from the angel or he hears the word that that Mary's pregnant, he's he can't live with raising somebody else's son. He says, but. I'm still, I'm not going to treat her badly. I love her. I care for her. So I'm going to put her away quietly, which back in those days, and their, their betrothal was stronger than an engagement today. So you literally had to go through a divorce to be able to break a betrothal. But he said, I'm not going to shame her. I'm not going to humiliate her. I'm going to do it the right way and do it quietly. But then, of course, the angel shows up and says, don't fear That's not some other guy's son, but that's of the Holy Spirit. And so he does raise another son, but it's not another man. It's God's son. And they do everything right. They follow all the rituals. They go to the temple. Everything goes well, right until about the age that Jesus hits Preteen, middle school, whatever you want to call it—I almost entitled this this uh, sermon "Junior High Jesus" because we don't often think. We think of baby Jesus and we think of grown man Jesus, but here's middle school, preteen, junior high Jesus, and of course, there's trouble. Okay, of course, at even the perfect Jesus at that age, there's an issue that comes up. So they had planned, and they had prepared, and they had done everything perfectly, and then, of course, they find out they're on their way back. They, they weren't home yet, but they had gone a whole day's walk, and it was a big family thing, and and those of you who've, you know, you've had kids and they start to get a little older and you think, oh, well, I don't have to watch on them every second. And there's plenty of family around. And so very natural that they said, oh, they're with off. Jesus is off with the cousins, you know, or he's off with his favorite aunt and uncle. And, and they get a day away and they all of a sudden realize, Jesus, Jesus, where are you? And uh, and and he was not there. And so they're, they're frantic. You know, I, I kind of imagine that they've, had, you know, they've had, they've had it hard in some ways, okay? We, we know that, that having to deal with things had to be hard, but some ways you got to envy them, you know? I mean, they had to have a pretty easy, I mean, kind of, a totally obedient child, now, our, our hymns may over-exaggerate a little bit, like Away in a Manger, Little Lord Jesus, No Crying He Makes. Hello, how did he tell him he needed a change? You know, how did he tell him he was hungry? He had to cry, so we, we can't bring it all the way to that level, but he pro- they probably had it pretty good. Talk about, I feel for his younger siblings, you know, why just can't you be like Jesus? You know, he always obeyed, you know, that had to be a really tough thing for them to deal with. So here they are, having this uh, raising Jesus, this totally obedient child, perfect child, and all of a sudden he's missing. And of course they, they come back and they make the day's journey back, but they don't find him immediately. It takes them a while. And so um, three days... <laughs> later okay so it wasn't just the day back three days later they finally found him and i'm sure they'd searched whatever hospitals and clinics they had back in those days and they'd ask whatever whoever their jerusalem friends were and they they find him there in the temple and jesus uh, just as he did in all of his adult ministry he was amazing and astonishing people as they listened he listened That was probably astonishing. A junior high boy actually listening. The Bible says he listened and he answered questions or asked questions. Like put it this way, uh, he was had almost taken on the teacher role. Like tell me, student. Tell me, priest. What do you say? How does this work out? And the crowd was amazed. And and they finally come and they burst into this scene. I'm sure it was very embarrassing. Uh, but they say, son, why have you done this to us? So I think they forgot about this whole perfect part for a moment. And, and they, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have, have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, I've wondered many times. There's things we know that are sin, that are sin and we need things we're not sure about. And I want to say that if rolling your eyes is not a sin, I kind of feel like Jesus did one of these numbers. You know, I know I did at that age. Mom, don't you understand? You know, we've we've all been there at that point where... Our parents just don't get it, right? They don't understand how can they not get it, but, but they don't. And Jesus was right in that moment that his parents did not get him. They, did, they should have. I mean, they had a whole angel explanation about who he was, but they still didn't get him. They still didn't understand what was going on. So, you know, here he was, and he asked this. This question, and, and whether he rolled his eyes or not, probably not, even though I would have. But, uh, you know, this is what happens this great turmoil. So, this is a, this is a short little two point sermon today. Point number one is when you do everything right, things will still go wrong. When you do everything right, things will still go wrong. Now, this certainly applies at Christmas time when we try to make everything perfect as we can, but yet, what are our, you know, our favorite holiday movies? They're things like Home Alone and Christmas Vacation. And it's, they're not our favorites because we say, those weird people, that could never happen to us. We have no one like that in our family. But we say, yes, I, that could happen. I mean, have you really lived as a child if your parents haven't left you at least once somewhere? I mean, come on, that's just that's part of growing up. Usually, that that you get left, and and we all have those strange relatives that that pull up at strange times. We we've got that check that came in and was very disappointing, or all the other things that we that we find in these movies, and you know. But really, uh, Home Alone was kind of a 2,000-year-late sequel to uh, In Jerusalem Alone with Jesus, you know. He did it first. He was the one that we know about was by himself. And Jesus, um, he was there. Jesus was there. They did everything the right way, and yet things didn't go according to plan. I think a lot of us would do a lot better in life if we'd chill out sometimes. If we would relax and say, God willing, and with God's help, I'm going to do my best, but things will not be perfect because I live in an imperfect world. And so maybe our expectations sometimes of ourselves, that we build on ourselves, are so high that this thing, this event, whether it's a holiday event or a wedding or some gathering or some, oh, it's got to be perfect. It's not going to be. It's not going to be perfect. And maybe we can lower our expectations of some other people too because usually when we get our perfect ideas about how everything's going to be just right, do you know that tends to bleed off onto other people? Have you all ever experienced that, that someone else's ideas about perfection and the way things should be, somehow you didn't plan this, you didn't choose this, but somehow now you're, you're a part of it and you've got to make it perfect and be perfect too. And maybe we can learn to kind of let people relax a little bit on our expectations of others as well. You know, Jesus' life wasn't perfect even though he was. And we're not perfect. So how much more imperfect are our lives going to be? We need to, at times, dial in to the grace of God. We need to remember that Jesus sent his son Jesus to save us from our sins and to give us grace not only to take us out of hell and have us going toward heaven, but he also gave us grace to live our lives so that we worship and, and we, we try to do all we can, but we understand that when things don't go perfectly, there's grace. So when you do everything right, things will sometimes still go wrong. And point number two when things go wrong, do what's right. When things go wrong, do what's right. The easiest thing in the world for Jesus right then would have been, would have been, been to uh, kind of pull the God card and put the smack down on Mary and Joseph and say, I'm not going back. I'm here where I'm supposed to be. You don't understand you're just parents. Of course you don't understand. And, and, and he could have flamed them up, and he could have put them in their place, and, and he could have done his own thing. And as the son of God, he would have been completely and totally in his place. Teenagers, I'm not telling you you'd be in your place. You aren't the son of God, okay? But he would have been in his place, in, in his rightful place, to say, no, it's going to be my way. But you know what the Bible says, the Bible says that he submitted to them. He went with them and returned back to Nazareth. Back away from all that he loved there in the temple and the scholars and the the you know, if there's anyone that likes to talk theology, I can imagine it'd be Jesus, right? But he put himself under their authority. Even though they burst in, Probably kind of embarrassing. Sure wasn't what he would like at that moment, but he submitted himself to humbly follow them. You know, we all have to do that sometimes, is we're all under authority in different ways. Kids, you're going to find lots of times where you're going to feel like Jesus, right? Kids, you're going to say, parents don't get it. They don't understand. But you're going to have to learn like Jesus to say, okay, This is what you want. This is the way you've said to do it. I'm going to do it this way. But not just kids. All of us are under authority at times. And I'm not talking about, we we got to just go ahead and put away the extremes. I'm not talking about any of us uh, putting ourselves under, remaining under abuse. We're not talking about any of that kind of mess like that. Obviously, that's not allowed. But all of us are under legitimate authority and people who are in authority over us, bosses and and, and coaches and and leaders in community and in church and all kind of different areas. Sometimes we're not going to agree. Sometimes they're going to do things that that we don't exactly see. It doesn't fit our plan. And and we have to learn to be able to humble ourselves at times and say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do what's right. And guess what? Let's take the flip side of that. For those of us that are in some way, shape, or form as as parents or teachers or bosses or or in any way are in some type of authority, we got to do what's right also. You know what the Bible says? One of the things I love about Mary, the Bible has a description of her that it uses on multiple occasions. It says, Mary treasured all these things in her heart. So here's what this tells us. This tells us that Mary wasn't the kind of parent that said, mm, I put them in their place, that's over, that's done, put that behind me, glad I proved, showed Jesus who he was supposed to be and never thought about it again. Mary treasured things in her heart. That is, Mary thought about things. Mary was one that was going to learn and grow. Now, this passage tells us in two different occasions about Jesus' growth. It told us at the very beginning of the passage that we read. Let's just check that out. It says in verse 40, when the child grew, the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Jesus grew. That's obvious, we know, that he grew from a baby to a man, but sometimes we forget that he grew not just physically but in other ways. And then, of course, uh, verse 52, which is one of my favorite verses to read when children are being dedicated or when children are born. I pray this, I take this verse and I turn it into a prayer. It says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And so I'll often pray when a baby is born, I'll say, God, bless this child and help them to grow uh, emotionally and mentally and physically and and socially and most of all spiritually, God. Help them grow in all those ways just like Jesus did. I said a while ago that Mary and Joseph had it easy, but they really didn't. (laughs) Imagine having a kid that was always right. Some of us may say, well, I had a kid who went through a phase where they thought they were always right, but, but this is a kid who actually is always right. Uh, she struggled with this even when Jesus was an adult. <laughs> Remember, she's kind of nudging him at the wedding when the line runs out, and Jesus says, hey, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Uh, she had to work to find that line. And those of us who are in authority, if we're not going to abuse it, if we're going to be the type of parents or bosses or or whatever authority figure there is, we have to learn to tread gently. We have to learn to think about others' feelings. We have to learn to to be concerned uh, for them. You know, here's the thing. This was not a funny situation when it happened not at all they were stressed out they were wore out they everything but don't you imagine a few years later when they got together for Passover and they started talking y'all remember that time remember when we f- lost Jesus they couldn't couldn't remember and some of those things that you're so stressed out about that didn't happen just right at Thanksgiving and Christmas are gonna be some of the best memories you ever had later on Because things didn't turn out perfectly, and you learned, and you grew, and you made memories. So, of course, I was being a little tongue-in-cheek when I said we can't relate to those ancients. The funny thing is, is when we dig through the older language and the different speech and different culture, people are the same now as they were then. People got stressed and worried and, and even left children, you know, I mean, I imagine there was a Pharisee somewhere about to call the Jerusalem Child Protective Services on them at any moment, or they were worried about it. But God worked. He worked through a situation that involved misunderstanding and miscommunication and a lot of hurt and stress and worry. And he gave us this wonderful story in the Bible where we learn about Jesus and about families And we learn about how we need to grow just like Jesus did. And we learn how that even when it's not perfect, that's okay. Because we're not going to be perfect. But we serve a perfect one who's going to make sure that in the end, it all turns out all right. Let's pray. God, we come to you and we're so thankful and we're so grateful for your love and care for us. Lord, there's some things that we take way too seriously in life. Lord, help us to learn to let go a little bit. And then, Lord, there's some things that we don't take seriously enough. Sometimes the important things in life get put on the back burner. And I pray that our relationship with you and our relationship with other people would not be shelved would not be pushed to the back. But God, that at the very forefront, we would be loving you and loving others. Lord, bless our time now of response as we turn our hearts to you. May we, just like Jesus, submit ourselves to you, Father. God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.